Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kings cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode just last week. Ryan and I came on for episode 105. Uh, to talk about the Kings, the transactions, the trash takes in Kingsland and everything going on as we went into the All-Star break. You can find that episode and any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What is going on? So it's been a little bit over a week since we did our last pod. Um and, and the reasoning for that is because it's been all-star, you know, the all-star break. So Kings haven't played in a while. Um, real quick, Eric, let's talk about the all-star break real quick. I, I was going to say, yeah. How Oof. fucking bad. All right. The all-star game's better now. Okay. The last, the, the fourth quarter and, you know, the race to the point total, total is amazing. Like that was fun, dude. It was hella fun. I watched that whole fourth quarter. It was, I had a good time watching that. You know, all the Steph Curry threes, the LeBron game winner, all that shit was fun. Uh, the dunk contest fucking blows. <laughs> like everybody's, you know, everybody was talking about on Twitter. How bad was that? Like, is it too much to ask for Zach Levine, Aaron Gordon? Can, can you guys just come back, please? Right? Can, can we, LeBron, can you just do the NBA a favor once and just show up to the dunk contest, please? You know, so, uh, you know, it, I don't know, dude. It used to be to where you looked forward to the dunk contest. And, you know, honestly, now it's like, oh, my, you know, really looking forward to the fourth quarter of the all-star game. I can't, you know, can't wait to see, can't wait to see what that point total is. The three-point contest is what the three-point contest is. A little disappointing that Carlin Towns won it. Kind of think that's a little horse shit, you know. Uh, not really fair when Buddy Hield and Steph Curry aren't involved, right? Like, come on. Yeah, that's the thing about, all-star weekend is like the 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 events they they used to be i mean especially way back in the day but even when we were younger it involved it typically involved like the all-star players so isn't that kind of like the whole idea and that the all-star players at the all-star game partake in the events at the all-star game but it's turned to this thing where you're bringing pretty much the event is made up of non-all-stars competing in the in the um the, uh, the all-star events yeah like why yeah. why is that that's that's kind of stupid and um yeah the dunk contest i mean how crazy is it that the standard now is like just can you get a makeable dunk jesus christ dude i mean that's the standard now it's funny because i went on you on you not youtube i think maybe instagram or something i'm scrolling through and I see there's dudes on there who literally have pages dedicated to dunking that are just like like six foot four white guys. You know what I mean? That were doing better dunks than that. So that was disappointing. I will say a little bit of gambling 
uh, woes for me on the. I bet the All Star game mostly because I I've been out of action for a while. I was I know, but check it out. Here it was a mistake on my part because I logged on and in my quick reading I saw Team LeBron plus five and a half. That's what I saw, and I'm like, oh, plus five and a half. They got you know they got Giannis, they got Steph, they got LeBron. I'm like, and then Kevin Durant was like, he ended up not playing, so I was like. Dude, I'm totally taking Team LeBron plus five and a half. That's that's cool. So I threw the money down, and then I that was earlier in the day. I log on to check my my slips, and I realized I'm a fucking idiot. And I realized I bet Team LeBron minus five and a half in an All Star game. So I actually read that incorrectly, and I took a fat L on the All Star game. So um, you know, don't don't uh, bet and drive. I guess and look over. It's a little irresponsible, man. You it know, was I, a little irresponsible. You know, we we come on we come on the podcast and we, you know we talk about betting a lot, Eric. And you know, when when you're making rookie fucking mistakes like that, man, you really hurt us. Hey, uh, I haven't bet in, since Super Bowl. I want to take a little break, right? You know, I was dude for a minute. Okay, since like pretty much November, I bet every single day, like literally. every day, like Monday, literally through, every day. Literally Sunday through Sunday, dude, because of the football season, right? You're betting November, you're betting basketball is the beginning of season, you're betting football, um, you know, Sunday, Monday, Thursdays, and then you know, on the weekends it was getting to Saturday football. And I need to take a break, okay? Recharge the batteries, you know, like seriously, dude. You get it's weird because when you bet that much, you get like set in your ways in betting. Okay. I don't know if this happens to you, but for me, you just like you start betting on the same shit every day, right? You're doing this fucking teaser and you're, you know, oh, I'm going to take this team, this team, and this team. And, you know, it was, I was turning into a robot betting machine, dude. And I was like, you know what? I need to fucking relax, dude. Take a breather, come back with a new perspective. So um, I'm going to Vegas tomorrow morning. Second time in the last two weeks, actually. So I'll be in Vegas for four days. Um, I went Super Bowl weekend, but this, you know, I'm I'm bringing back the bets this weekend. So Kings play tomorrow night. NBA is back in action, so I will be betting all fucking weekend. Uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully we do pretty well. But man, for a minute, dude, you know, I I know like a month ago we were coming on here and we were excited talking about it, but for a minute, dude, get a little get a little crazy with basketball season. The play and <laughs> the football playoffs come together, dude. We're not getting crushed. I was doing okay. At the end of the day, it all evens out, right? Like, you you know, at the end of the day, everything just kind of evens out. And it is, you know, I think over football season, I think I was plus 100 bucks, dude, overall. Like, literally. And I was betting, you know, thousands, you know, have gone through that, you know, that betting machine and all that. But at the end of the day, I was probably up 100 bucks. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's just a lot. So, recharge the batteries. Basketball season is, you know, Full swing, 22 games left for the Kings. So I'll probably bet 20 of those, even though I say I hate betting on the Kings, but you just can't fucking help it. Well, I don't, I, I, I kind of made that point. I'm not betting the Kings. I will not bet the Kings. I will not bet the Kings. I keep telling myself that. Um, and I got to shout out uh, Remy and Vignesh out there tagging us on Kingsland because they're the guys that keep us going. And, and he almost got me because a couple weeks ago, you know, he gets tagged, like, what's the bet, boys? What are you guys doing tonight? You know, I know he's listening to the pod. And I think I replied on there. I was like, bro, you heard me on the pod, Vignesh. Oh, this is but, Vignet- Vignesh, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you heard me on the pod. I, I don't bet the Kings, man. He almost sucked me in. It's like we said, you know, the, the, 
I may go to the game tomorrow. You, you know, I may get in there, I should say. And like we talked about, Ryan, pregame starts going. It's like, and then you see, and then you start looking and you're like, wait, what? Jokic's rebounds are only 13. I'll take the fucking over, baby. I'll take the motherfucking over. And you've had a couple mm. of beers in you. And so you Hell never, yeah. never say never. Okay. Never say never because that's how it is. But I try not to bet the Kings, but I will tell you out there before we move on, Ryan, and that if I see De'Aaron Fox's points, if I see that set at 21 and a half, 22 and a half, the over, I mean, I've been hammering the over because I really do think the second half of the season is, I think his averages are going to get more to where they were last year. So if you look at his February, March last year on, it's really where a lot of his scoring took off. Um, you know, 25 points a game. So, you know, it, hammer the over if you see that. Let's talk about that a little bit, Ryan. Let's talk a little bit about as we're coming into uh, this, you know, we call it the second half of the season. I've been corrected and saying, well, tactically, it's not the second. It's not a half. Like, you get my point, right? This, the, this, this breaking point as this restart, this second part of the season, right? It's a better way to say it. Some things I'm looking for, I think that, I think it's pretty obvious out there, especially if you listen to the podcast. If you listen to the podcast, that means that you're probably out there on Kingsland chatting with everybody. It's probably mean you're following all the Kings. And so, like, a lot of the takes are kind of obvious. But, I mean, we'll say them for the sake of saying them. And it's like, I think the obvious one is the deer and fox points and seeing seeing his role. I think, you know, one of the – that's probably – the acquisitions, all that great, but you you know how big of uh, fans of De'Aaron Fox Ryan and I are, and I think one of the most disappointing things from a st- fans from a fan standpoint, like from us this year going in, was like when you had De'Aaron Fox last year have such a great scoring season, especially the second half, and then we came into this year and they fucking had off ball Fox going. It 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 was kind of disappointing. Because that was half the fun last year was that that excitement, the explosiveness, the athleticism, you know, on uh, not, honestly night by night by night. I think and to be to be straight up, we didn't fucking see any of that this year. And I think it got so bad, obviously, that, you know, not that this is about Tyrese Halliburton at all, but like Tyrese Halliburton got elevated to this hot shot prospect in the NBA, like across the NBA to the point. Ryan, on I saw this thing on NBA 2K. Tyler Hero has a better fucking overall than De'Aaron Fox. So that, like the national media perspective completely has overlooked him and everything. And I think a lot of it had to do with off-ball Fox. You know, we didn't want to see that shit. We didn't want to see off-ball Fox. So I'm really looking forward to that return of on-ball Fox and that increased scoring and that dynamic play that I'm hoping, you know, elevates him in the grand scheme of fans and honestly perspective from from the NBA people who cover the league, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, On Ball Fox is, you know, On Ball Fox is the top 10 point guard in the NBA. You know, I, I would argue, I mean, how many point guards, Eric, realistically, you know, when Fox is is the vocal point of the offense and he's, and he's you know, the bringing the ball down, he has the ball in his hands. How many how many point guards in the NBA are better scorers than De'Aaron Fox? Not many. Okay. And, and it, it was always, you know, it was always crazy. Like all year we've been coming on here saying, why the fuck is Halliburton bringing the ball down? Why is De'Aaron Fox getting turned into a jump shooter? 
Why, why, why? It's very refreshing. You know, and I said this a couple weeks ago, it's very refreshing that Monty McNair realized like, yeah, hey, we can't fucking do that. Right. Like Deer and Fox needs to be our dude. So um, like you said, if Deer and Fox comes back and from the all-star break and not if, but he should be scoring 25 points a game from here on out. And I expect that. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. And I think we've seen that from the last three or four games that, you know, Sabonis has been here. You know, I, I want to say 27 and a half, 28 is the mark that he's been at. And so um, expect to see more of that. Anything less than 25 points a game, I think is kind of a bummer. Um, so he, he looks more confident too. He's shot better percentages. Uh, he's pulled up a couple threes um, just straight, you know, like it's like, whoa, you never see Darren Fox do that. Um, attacking the basket and uh, just being more efficient. So it's good to see, man. You know, it, it was, like I said, it was crazy all year. Like, why the fuck is he sitting in the corner as a jump shooter? What is happening? So, uh, yeah, I'm excited, man. Tomorrow gets at home. Uh, hopefully you get to go and uh, it should be fun. The, I, I'm glad you said that about the three-point thing. I think one of the, th- the things we've talked about over the cu- last couple of years is that people create narratives for players and then they, that becomes that player in people's minds. All right. So an example would be, you know, Darren Fox's free throw shooting, not as great. Remember he had that game where all he needed to do is make two free throws and the Kings win. He, he, he misses them. The Kings lose. It's like, so things like that can really stick in people's brains. It happened with buddy healed. It can happen for the, for the better. It can happen for the worse. All right. So my point is like, we talked about small sample sizes, all that shit. Well, I think that that's, one of the things is kind of the narrative around De'Aaron Fox is, and, and I heard a lot of takes that came out, Ryan, of, oh, he's one dimensional. He's this or that. And I, I just thought that was like, you know, it, to me, it's kind of, I don't know what to call it besides fucking stupid, just because I kind of default to that. I think it's just fucking stupid to totally overlook the scoring aspect to overlook the pace from the point guard going down the, going down the floor. Um, the ability to some like the ability to get to the free throw line is and, and to get to the rim is a legitimate skill in the NBA. And when you, you know, don't have players in your roster who could do that, I mean, that becomes even more valuable. So I think people over they overlook the things he he ex, not only excels at, but you could say might even be elite at, right? He has elite skill sets in, and people have kind of really harped and focused on the stuff maybe he's not as well. I mean, it became this thing where De'Aaron Fox all of a sudden was a, was a, was a terrible fucking three point shooter. All, all of a sudden, like he can't hit a three pointer. And it's like, that's not necessarily true. He's not a sharpshooter, but shit, there was the other day, two for two for five or something from three. I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's like, nice putrid. I, and I think the thing that is the most exciting in that, Yes, there was a problem with the Kings as far as like ball movement and getting getting the ball to guys. And that's the good thing about Sabonis, which is exciting. And it kind of brings King, the Kings back, you know, nostalgia to what they did back in the day of having guys at the high post that can, you know, we don't break down X's nose. I'm not trying to do that, but I am, you know, you get where I'm coming from. It's like I said, it's kind of an obvious take where you, you saw some of these passes. We have a guy who can hit guys that are cutting. That's where I see, you see, off-ball Fox is valuable when he has somebody who can get him on the cut. You know, somebody could do that. And so I'm excited to see that and see if that increases his scoring 
um, right there. But yeah, most of my point there is like the focusing on the, the negative shit and maybe really valuing his, his elite skill sets, you know, and changing that narrative. I think if there's one thing as we come down to the end of the season, regardless of anything else, I really want to see De'Aaron Fox duo because I think that narrative surrounding him really impacts the perspective on the Kings from, from the outside media and from the fans. So like if the, if people from the outside view him as this elite level, next level player, it changes the whole tone of everything, right? That's kind of what happened to John Morant, where John Morant was floating around 19 points a game and all that, but it was always this belief in him, right? You kind of want to see that same thing happen behind your guy as well, right? And and him him taking to that next level for the second that season is going to do that. Yeah, but you know, it, it's kind of just bullshit. <laughs> it's kind of bullshit uh, that Deer and Fox uh, gets disrespected. Like, it, I mean, it's not kind of. It is bullshit. Right. It's like I have his stats up in front of me. Okay. This is his last three years 21.1, 25.2. And then he's pretty much 22 this year. And it's probably going to go up to about 23. You know, with 6.8 assists, seven assists, and five assists this year, which will probably creep up to six. You know, he was, he was playing off ball. It's fucking bullshit, dude. It's absolutely bullshit that Deer and Fox, you know, people were really making Deer and Fox out to be the villain this year. People were calling for that guy to be traded. Okay. People were, he's not worth the money. He don't want to fucking be here. Blah, blah. How ridiculous is that? How, how ridiculous you, you just off stats alone. Okay. The, the guy is a really good basketball player. So that, that just kind of, bugged me. I wanted to point that out. I was, the reason I was looking up his stats was because you were talking about three point shooting. I kind of disagree. I mean, he is kind of a pute three point shooter. Um, you know, last year, 32%, right? This year, 27. This is his worst year of his career. And obviously that, you know, playing off ball plays into effect, but, you know, 30%, 37% as a second year player, but he only shot, you know, less than three threes a game. So, and then 29%, 32%, and then he's 27%. So um, overall, the guy's a pretty putrid fucking three-point shooter. So that's why I was looking that up. But, you know, I I don't know what else to say. But, you know, De'Aaron Fox is gonna he, he's gonna light it up the last twenty two games of the year. It's going to happen. Well, that's that that's more my point is like that you can, you know, there's something I always say when it comes to sports takes is that people like to use outlier situations, singular situations, as like the example, right? And you, I think that. People like oftentimes you hear that take come down when it is to hype up somebody, right? But in this case, I think with De'Aaron Fox, I, I really do think this year is going to be kind of an outlier year. That's going to be my projection. If you look at his, if you take last year and start five years tacked onto that, so last year, this year, the next three years, I think if you put a graph to it, I think this year is going to be this outlier low point, yeah. low point thing. And I think a lot of that really is not that he sucks or anything like that. I think you literally 100% can directly contribute that, that valley and, and a bunch of peaks to him playing off ball. I mean, if you look at his career stats, yes, his, his three point shooting is down this year. Off ball. Every other year, he's, he's a 30% three-point shooter. His scoring's down this year. Well, yeah, he's playing off ball. He's not taking the ball to those couple opportunities to get to the rim. 
each game, get foul, get a couple more fouls. Like, so I think that that outlier year is that's it. It's more of an outlier year. And I think that it is what it is at this point, but he has the opportunity this second half to kind of get back and that perception in people's minds. And I really 100% believe he'll do that because it's, you know, perception means it does mean a lot for people who follow the team. And then there is something about that in the NBA, right? It's like if they finish off the year and he's killing a star studded, you know, hyped up or whatever the fuck, you know, by the end of the year, there's value to, there is a lot of value to that. That's true. Yeah, no, I think that's true for everybody but Sacramento. (laughs) Like, you know, you can't, dude, at the end of the day, when you average 25 and seven, okay, and you don't get the respect, you know, like last year, it, it, at the end of the day, dude, it comes down to winning, okay? If Sacramento, this is the only way he's going to get recognition, especially now how polarizing the trade was between Halliburton and Sabonis, okay? If, if Sacramento comes out this last 22 games and let's say they go, seven for or nine for what's the math on that nine for 12 or nine for yeah nine for 12 nine for 13 okay 22 games yeah nine for 13 that's gonna be an issue regardless of deer and fox's stats it's gonna be a fucking issue in in people's eyes dude people are gonna call for deer and fox to oh see the you know empty stats it it doesn't you know add up to wins and i kind of gotta agree a little bit right it's small sample sizes and we've said you know, we've come on here and said, hey, you know, we, we, we try not to overreact in small sample sizes. And I, I think 26 games is a fair small sample size with a, you know, a makeshift roster halfway through the year and a, and a, a coach who, you know, I mean, uh, a coach who I don't think is very good. And I don't think the NBA thinks is very good. Okay. So <laughs> he's been fired. And anyways, but I, I think it all comes down to, you know, can you win? Can you stay at 500? Right. You and Sabonis. Can you guys stay at 500 to end the season? Can you go in 11 and 11 in the last 22 games after the all-star break? That's going to determine Darren Fox's success. Not the, he can come out and average 30 points a game. Okay. But if, if they only win seven games out of the last 22, it's not going to fucking matter. Right. In the media's eyes and fans eyes. It's, and that's only because of how polarizing the Halliburton trade was. That's it. Because people fell in love with Halliburton after 109 games. So um, I, I don't, do you agree with that? I don't, I, I just, I think, think I, at the end of it, he's got to win games eventually. Right. Here's what I say. I think it's a really, it's a good take. And I'm not saying it's not wrong, but on the surface, it's a good take, but like not to be an apologist. Okay. Cause I don't really think that's where I'm coming from. Although it's going to come across like this. I think that I, I, I put it like this, Ryan. When you follow the Kings really closely, you know it's more nuanced, you know. And and I think if anybody has followed the Kings for the last three years, it's it's literally a it's gone a cycle of, you know, fire a coach, get a new lineup, get the guys in there. Halfway through that year, so it's happened every last three years. Halfway through the year, half the lineups turned over. The starting lineups changed. You go through the end of the season, you know, it's like every, every mid year, it seems like the lineup has overturned reset a couple of times. Yeah. It's like reset the resets aren't happening in the off season necessarily with the roster. So this year the coach gets fired early and the roster turns over. 
Last year, they they turned over the GM in a shortened offseason. They made no acquisitions. They went into the season with one of the most bare rosters I've ever I've seen since the fucking uh, Dante Green days, right? And then they turned over the roster in the halfway point, you know, last year. It's just, so you can kind of see a trend there, and that's where it kind of comes down to where like not to be a bitch about it, but it's like it's kind of not really fair to be stat critical of the guy outside fans, not even fans, sorry, outside media, outside critics. They may be. And I think for your take, they're probably right on that, but you know, it's fuck them kind of thing. If you're following the Kings specifically, I think that you have to give a more, a little bit more leash to your team and in your guy and kind of point the finger in the right directions, right? And that's kind of what we've said is like, why why is it that the franchise and front office was the ones getting the pass and it seems like the players are the ones get critiqued? Let's blame kind of the whole Kings. Let's blame everybody involved with the Kings for turning over this roster a bunch of fucking times. Let's blame everyone involved with the Kings for firing their coach and putting up a guy who's not going to be, I don't think has a reason to be here passes here. Okay. It is not the best. So, I, I sometimes like the, the 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 task may not be able to be overcome in a sh- in, in, in so quickly. So with that, you take the wins that you can take, and the wins really here is kind of sometimes individual star success because it kind of validates your belief in them, so to speak. Yeah, and I I percent agree with you, but we're talking. You know, the original take was you want to see Darren Fox get the recognition, right? That that was. And you were talking about kind of on the same level of John Morant, right? Well, I I don't think I think at this point the same level of John Morant is something that's kind of bypassed him. To who's at fault? Everybody's fault, really. That's kind of bypassed him. John Morant's now exploded to twenty-seven points a game. He's an all-star. They called him an all-star game of the day, the, the most exciting player to watch. That that has kind of bypassed him. So I'm not saying he's going to get on that level. It's just going to be this recognition and a belief in him as a player, as a talent. The, but the, the, the recognition comes with wins. That's, and that was kind of my take. It's, you know, you had brought up Tyler Hero earlier, right? Like at the end of the day, Deer and Fox is a more talented player than Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero just happens, you know, to play for the Miami heat, who is a very, who are a very good team who have been to the NBA finals, right? John Morant, you know, John Morant's talented. He's only averaged, you know, his last two seasons, his first two seasons in the NBA, 19 points a game, and I think it was 18 or whatever. And then obviously he explodes to 26, 27 this year, which De'Aaron Fox was pretty close to last year. The difference was Memphis Grizzlies are like a three seed, right? So everything comes back. At the end of the day, everything comes back to wins, right? And and at some point in your career, and this was big, this is how Boogie was, right? No matter how great Boogie was as an offensive weapon and individual score. Sacramento didn't win. Okay. Now that can be, you know, like you said, you blame the franchise and you blame the, the, you know, the, the constant just overturn of players and management and coaches, right. Got to win freaking games. Okay. And that's what I'm saying. Especially now that Halliburton, because Halliburton's going to put up numbers in Indiana and, and it's always, no matter what we say, no matter how bad it is, we're always going to come that trade is always going to get paired. You know, Halliburton, Deer and Fox are always going to get compared is what I'm trying to say. It'll always, no matter how, no matter what happens, it will always get compared. Okay. And he's not going to win games obviously for the rest of the year, but Halliburton's averaging 20 and 11, right? If Sacramento doesn't win games, 
and De'Aaron Fox averages 28 points a game. People are going to look at Tyrese Halliburton like, well, see, he's putting up the stats over there. He and and you know what I mean? Does that make sense? And it does. You know, it's not fair. That you know, it's not fair. It's though, not. It's not. It's not fair. But that's how. That's how people think. And at the end of the day, you know, that's what you're talking about: getting the recognition and stuff. It, that's what it's going to come down to. But it's, but the only way that Deer and Fox can get ahead of this, win fucking games, bro. Win games. That's it. Win games, and it's over. I'll say it's it's just it's not fair in that. On some, on one hand, players get judged by that, and not their not their individual success and, and their talent as an individual, and some players do. That that's what's kind of bullshit. That I don't understand. I don't really understand. Like, um, and it kind of you kind of see it across the league with a lot of guys, where some guys get hyped, some guys get not criticized, even though their team's not winning. It doesn't make sense to me. And that's that, that was the thing. After De'Aaron Fox's season last season, his scoring and all of that, dude, that that's a that's not like small potato shit. Like 25 points a game at he went into the season, I think, at 22 years old. He started the season last year at 22, finished, I think, at 23 years old, and he finished at 25 points a game. That's not small potato shit. And the fact that that didn't, it was just like a whatever thing. Or then on the other hand, you have other guys in the league that aren't even putting up those numbers. And I don't really think they're winning at, you know, at a higher rate. They may even have better teams and, and better coaching, better you know organization behind them. And they get a little bit more of that recognition. And I guess, yeah, it's maybe a Sacramento thing. At the end of the day, though, you, it's, like I said, at the end of the day, you are right. I just try to, I guess I'm trying to cover my, uh, my basis here and saying that I get hedge my bets or, you know, cover my asses because I don't necessarily have the full belief in, in a, that the Kings are going to like piece it all together and then turn the ship around so quickly. I think that in the NBA, it's a lot harder than that. It's not that I don't believe in the guys. It's just like, I think there's other factors. I don't think Alvin Gentry is that good. I think that the roster itself is still, uh, you know, I, I I don't I don't know about. I mean, there's still some holes in the it's roster. Work in progress. It's still a work in progress, and so that's the one thing that I wanted to make a point to make because I think people thought, well, there's the trade. Now let's see it, and 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 that's one thing. Like you do, people can have trash takes. People can have surface level takes. Okay, they can go ahead and do that type of shit, but I don't think you and I do that, and I think that this. Oh, all of a sudden it's going to turn around. And all of a sudden, the expectation is they better go fucking five hundred or else. I don't really think that way, you know, I, because I think in twenty-two games, well, you're going to turn around your whole fucking life, your last three years of bullshit, where you're firing GMs and firing coaches. You're going to turn the whole thing in a week in one trade. I, I think there's more to it. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, coming in and having a twenty-five game sample of, you know, a makeshift lineup and a makeshift coach and all that, you know, yeah. For us, yeah, we see that, and you know, I'm not going to judge you on that, right? Like, it's what we talked about. Put up the individual stats this year, but when does that end? Hey, okay, so when when does it come down to, hey, you're a fucking superstar, you got to win games, okay? When when does it end? Or do we sit here next year at the All Star break and we're like, well, you know, they didn't get this, you know, the lineup's not this; it's a work in progress. But you know, oh, Darren Fox is averaging 27 points a game. 
you know, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate here because I, you know, at, at the end of the day, I do agree with you. And I do think Darren Fox is that good of a talent, but when does it, when, when is enough enough, right? He, what is he 24 now? 25, you know, if they're, when is enough? We're going to be sitting here. He's 26 next year or something. I got to look. Hold on. Let me look. Let me look. Let me look. Okay. So he'll be 20. He'll be 25 next year. Okay. And he'll be in year six. When is enough enough? You know, when it, when, do, when do the individual stats like, yeah, fuck the individual stats, dude, where are the wins? You know, year six, but you know, you look at, you look at it. DeMarcus Cousins played what? Seven years in Sacramento. De'Aaron Fox next year is only one season behind that. We're creeping up on, you know, his tenure in, in Sacramento was just as long as DeMarcus Cousins. You know, at what point do we say, hey, man, you got to win fucking games? And, you know, I, I think with their schedule, okay, and, you know, with the roster that they have, you, I know it's a work in progress, but we've come on here multiple times and said, hey, there's NBA talent on here. You know, the Woodards, the Ramseys, you know, those guys aren't getting minutes no more. You know, the guys of those days are gone. We have legitimate NBA talent on here. Okay. You got to win games, right? At the end of the day, you have to win games. And I, you know, I know a lot of people said, well, it's 10 seed or bust this year. No, I don't, I don't believe that at all. I think this, you know, getting DeMontis bonus on the $18 million a year was something that they were looking at next year. Right. And, and, and really going all in next year with Sabonis and Fox and keeping cap flexibility and all this stuff, whatever. But at the end of the day, you cannot win seven games out of the last 22. Okay. You cannot blow late game leads. You cannot get blown out by teams that you're supposed to beat. You know, that Detroit game that we lost, the Houston, they lost to Detroit, right? Yeah. Corey Joseph hit the fucking the revenge game we were talking about. Uh, you know, the Houston's that you have to win those games. Okay. You, you know, you're playing, uh, I think they played a Pelican still. So you have to win those games, you know, and, and that's what I'm looking at. It's, you know, Deer and Fox and Devonta Simonis, you know, can, can Deer and Fox will this team to wins? You know, I'm not saying you have to go three or four games above 500. Okay but you got to win the games that you're supposed to win. No matter what, you know, you're talking about makeshift roster, all that, that shit don't matter. Okay. You got to beat the New Orleans Pelicans of the worlds without Zion. You know, you got to beat the San Antonio Spurs. You got to beat the Houston's all the, all that bullshit. You have to win those games. So, um, you know, I'm with you. I want to see deer and Fox, you know, really put out the numbers, but the Kings can't just fold, right? Like, I, I, I would hope that we're not sitting here a month and a half from now when the season's regular season's over and De'Aaron Fox averaged 30 points a game and you're saying, well, he averaged 30 points a game. Well, the Kings went, you know, five and 17 the rest of the way. Like that, you know, that's not successful. I, I just fucking win. I just took a look at the at the schedule, like on a quick count. It's tough. They have a lot of tough. That's why I, I guess I'm just more... I. I'm what I'm saying is like I've been doing a quick count. I think like eight, eight to ten wins is like probably that's like a really good. I think that's like really good based on who they. they I mean, they have to play the Suns well, twice. The, they have to play this. Uh, go ahead. Uh, I got. I got. I got it right here. Okay. So we got the Nuggets twice. Okay. Right. Whatever. Okay. We'll, we'll chalk that up as zero and two. Right. You, you know, you'd like to split one, but whatever. Okay. And then you go load, load. You have the thunder. I got it. You have the thunder. 
So that, that those are games you want to win. You have the Pelicans, right? Got to win. Got to win it. Spurs. Spurs. Got to win it. Like I said, got to win. Yeah, but it's okay. The Mavericks. All right, that's an L. Oh yeah, okay. The Knicks got to win. The Nuggets again lost. The Jazz lost. The Bulls, if they don't have Zach Levine and they don't have Lonzo like they you know like they did this last time, I think you have to get those kind of games, dude. Yeah, you have but to let's find, just without a way. You have to find a way to beat the win those games to to make it. Easy on people listening. I mean, but you're you're not that we have to go through. We have like the Bulls, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Suns. I mean, like let's just highlight winnable games. You have that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the the Rockets, the Pacers, the Magic. Okay, like the Knicks, the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Thunder. Right there, like those are like seven games where you should win, and you want to hope that, and you want to hope they can go out and they can beat the Celtics. You want to hope they can go out and beat. and, and that's and that's you know the Nuggets won one of that's three. The that's the NBA. You win the games that you're supposed to win. Like I was just saying, you got to win those games that you're okay. So seven wins, okay, out of twenty-two that you're supposed to win, okay, that you have to win, okay. Now there's fifteen games left after that. Okay? yeah. Every once in a while, you got to go beat a team that's a little better than you, okay. If you know you play the Celtics and Jalen Brown sits out or Jason Tatum sits out. You gotta fucking win it. No, the, it, it's night, it's a good it's a good point. You gotta fucking win those games. It's it's a good point because like you know if if you there's a lot of times we were talking about betting earlier and there's a lot of times where we put together like money line parlays like three fourteen money line parlays and you always you know there's been a number of times where I've tacked on. I remember earlier. I, I don't quote me, but I I want to say I I bet the Bucks to beat the Rockets and and. That was the game that blew my parlay. So if you follow the NBA like um, on a night to night basis, there are a lot of games that, like you're saying, teams just get out there and get it done, regardless of who's favored or what the matchup is. And that is probably part of the, the Kings' problem. But that also, if you're not doing that, you know what? That's a sign of it is a sign of that you're kind of a bad team. You know, to be completely honest, I. I but you know, I, I guess my point though, Ryan, like with because we've kind of gone off into this, like it, it really is more that. I just am so down on the direction that the team went this year. I'm so down on the coaching as, as particularly that I think this whole turnaround, I guess the whole expectation that everything is going to be turned around in one week is not realistic, I guess. And so, um, you know, I it, it, it is a nuanced conversation, but Again, if you look at some of the good teams that have turned it around quickly, that's why we cite the Bulls, we cite the Suns. The Suns are a good example because they 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 went in and they they capped off eight straight wins. Everyone knows that's like famous, right? They they capped off eight straight wins, got into the bubble, and then all of a sudden their whole life changed. And I guess they as won, a f- they won eight straight games in the bubble. Yeah, so I guess as a fan, you kind of want to see something like that for once. Um, but realistically is that something i'm going to bank on i don't really know i guess i'm being realistic this team i buried they buried their themselves this year that's the more that's where they bury themselves they wasted they wasted uh you know a ton of games of you know darren fox's uh career this year on playing him off ball and wasted him and now basically we're gonna expect that that's salvaged i just don't really know about that so i guess the salvaging is going to come down to how the the guys play together and 
and kind of where we go at the end of the season. But I think, yeah, wins would be the most ideal thing, I guess. Right. Uh, no excuses, man. <laughs> I hear a lot of excuses, dude. And we, and you know, we've always been the guys that come on here and we tell it how it is. Okay. Again, I'm not expecting him to win all 22 games. Okay. But you have to play 500 ball a game under 500. Maybe. Okay. You cannot come out here and win seven fucking games to end the season, dude. Right. And that's where you're kind of leaning towards. You keep telling me, well, you know, you know, this, this and that. Nah, dude. No, that's not you what I'm to. saying. That's all I'm saying. So if it's coming across like that. That's not what I'm saying. But, I, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is more like this expectation that they're going to fit. I think that people think really, from what I've seen, that just because they made a trade, that all of a sudden they're going to finish it off with a 14 and eight run, that they're going to finish it off with 15 wins. There's, there's people that really think that. That's more I'm coming from. So, like, I get your take, and you're kind of breaking it down. Yes, I, it, I, is that what I want the Kings to to finish with more? Of course, but I, I'm more tempering. That's more where I'm, I'm coming from. I'm more tempering this like complete turnaround. I just don't. I just I'm believing what I'm seeing. It's like it wasn't that long ago where the Kings were just poorly coached, managed, lacked motivation, like. You know, yes, they made they made some acquisitions, but I just don't know how much you can turn that around in season. I don't really know. And it's it's like I'm saying though, you can go 500. Okay, I I haven't once said that the Kings are going to go 14 and eight. All right, you know, and I know you're talking about other people, but I'm telling you realistically, you need to go 500. Okay, you go worse than 500, there's an issue. Okay. There's going to be an issue. People are going to talk and, you know, there's going to be comparisons between Halliburton and Darren Fox and is Sabonis really a needle mover and all this stuff. Okay. At the end of the day, when you go get another all-star, right? Worst case scenario, you go 500. That's it. That's it. I, I don't, I don't want to hear about, well, you know, the turnarounds, this isn't a big turnaround. It's going from, 10 games under 500 over a 60 game span to 500 over a 22 game span. That's not a huge jump. I, I think that's very reasonable when the type of talent that you have on this roster, right? And if Darren Fox is the player that we think he is, you can kind of will yourself to going 11 and 11 over 22 games, you know, worst case scenario, 10 and 12, right? But you start, you start dropping it nine, eight, seven. Like I'm saying, dude, it's going to be an issue. And, 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 and not calling for the 14, the complete turnaround, but you have to play competitive basketball every night. And that's what I was talking about earlier about having, you know, you know, you have to beat the San Antonio Spurs of the world. You have to beat the thunder, the Houston Rockets. You can't drop fucking games like that no more. Okay. So I'll ask you, I'll ask you a question. Like, what do you think that, what do you think, what do you think they're going to do? So you're telling me a lot of what you think, what you, they need to do. Like, what do you really think? I, I think, I, I think 10 and 12, 11 and 11. That's what I'm saying. That's what I think they. That's what I think they should do. That's what I think they, they will do. But if I'm saying if they do anything worse than that, ten and twelve, you know, if they nine, you know, say Darren Fox misses two or three games or whatever, you know, or Sabonis misses some games and they go nine and thirteen. Okay, I could live with that. But I'm telling you right now, dude, if you win eight or seven games down the stretch, okay, with the amount of you know, with the amount of moves that they made and the talent that is on this roster, because there is fucking talent on this roster, right? you got problems, okay? And people are going to be calling for guys to get moved. You know, we already know Gentry is not going to be here next year, but it's going to create issues because you know how fragile people are after the Halbert trade. That's all I'm saying. 
you know, it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm not being unreasonable. I'm not seeing you in 14 or 15 games because Sacramento hasn't done that in a 20 game stretch in 20 years. Okay. But you got to play 500 ball. You got to go close to you know, three or four games under 522 game stretch is really unacceptable. It's just, it is no matter how you spin it, especially when you have seven games that we just looked on right now on the schedule remaining that are gimmies that are, that are off of pure talent. You, you win those. Right. So now if you, you know, out of those other 15 games, if you can, you know, win 40% of them, you're doing great. 30% of them, you're doing great. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know what other, how else to put it. I don't know. Do you, do you not agree with that? Do you, do you think a, a 10 and 12, 11 and 11 is reasonable? I think that, see, I think here's, here's where I think it is, is that I think that's like probably the most optimal situation. Like I, I, I don't think it can get better than that personally. So, and so that's, think, way, that's why I said, I think that's what they need to do. And I think that's what they're going. That's what I'm saying. That's what they need to do. That's optimal. I think that that's like, I, I, that's best for my take is more like, I, I, I really do think that 10 to 12, 12. I don't, I don't think so. I think 10, 10 12, that's perfect. I think 10 or 11 is like, is like, is like, is like the most optimal situation that could happen, which means that if one or two of those don't go right, that's we're 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 literally splitting hairs when it when it comes to like eight nine like I think that's possible, and I think and I guess to to bring it back a little bit, it's like if that does happen, but key players look really good, play really well, produce, I think that my when when we end the season, I'm gonna I'm gonna come out of it a little bit more level i'm not going to be i'm not going to be fucking thrown a fit and that's basically what my point is that's my whole point right there because if the best we can do i think is literally 11 i think that's the best they can do and i'm not going to throw a fit if one or two of those games don't go their way but darren fox tears it up sabonis comes in and plays really well i'm really not because personally i think there's a lot more there's a lot more issues with this with this team outside of that so that's where I'm coming from. So we 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 could disagree, but that's that's where I'm coming from. So you're telling me if if Darren Fox comes out there and produces high level, Sabonis produces high level, but a couple of the games don't go that well, you're going to come out here and be pissed off about it and start if calling Kings, for people and shit. No, you are. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm going to call people. Okay, if the Kings go seven and fifteen, like your like your uh, scenario you just said, okay, the Kings go seven and fifteen, but Darren Fox averages thirty points a game. Yeah, I'm going to be a little upset. Well, I think seven, I, I think you're hung up on the seven thing. I'm not, no, I'm seven. being reasonable. I'm being reasonable because I, you know, 10, seven. It's only three game difference, dude. Okay. If the Kings win eight games, okay. You know, if the Kings go eight games, I'm still going to be upset. You know, you, you have to win games, dude. That's it. So, yeah, that, yeah, I, I hear you. I, I hear you. So, I guess that's, that's the big, that's the biggest thing. We kind of, Agreed. Agree to disagree on this one. We're have to keep talking about it, and and I don't know things could change. I guess especially if they come out. I think the bit the best thing though is that I do I do lean on being a little bit more optimistic. I, I was kind of as we were looking through the schedule. Um, you know, I took a screenshot of that stretch in January, where from January fourth to January thirty first, they played like fourteen games or something, and they won two of them. You know, it's L L L L L L win win L L L L L L L. I think that that. That shit right there. I I I think if this if the end of the season looks more like that, 
yeah, that's it's 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 like I think it's just an eye testing, and I'm just more optimistic. And as that they come out of this this All Star break, a little con a little bit of continuity. That at the end of the day, the basketball has to look fucking better than what was going on, you know, before. Then. And so, I guess that's what I'm holding on to. So. Um, hey guys we appreciate you listening in if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and instagram at kingstats eric and kingstats ryan uh, we're active on a number of facebook groups as well including ours kingsland uh so jump on that chat with us for the rest of the season um if you want to support kingscast please slide down after the show and give us a five-star review it does help our podcast get out there to more kings fans just like you so with that for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kangs. Kangs. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.